Christian Cargill Radio Show. Why you going so slow? One thing you ought to know is I'm the king of the road. The only thing you're driving is driving me crazy. Cause I got that road rage. I say this calls for action and now, nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud. You got to nip it in the bud. Yeah, I see you in your Lexus rubbernecking, checking messages, texting for direction. Hey man, I'm just trying to drive. It feels more like I'm trying to stay alive. The only thing you're driving is driving me crazy. And I'm getting road rage. Road rage. In the rear view mirror today on the Christian Car Guy Show. Yes, when I look hard in the rear view mirror, do I see a road rager <laughs> looking back at me? And the unvarnished truth is, oh, in my case, yes, I'm afraid so. And I've, you know, as the Christian Car Guy, you might imagine I've done countless shows on it. I can tell you many tips and techniques. I've even had Dr. Driving from Hawaii come on and share, you know, team driving, which Bill's got a whole, uh, you know, Bill, our Christian insurance guy, you've got a whole, Good thing, whole concept of team driving, which, by the way, is just awesome stuff. Wonderful. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about we team driving. We need calls, though. We need people to oh, call right, in. Right. We're going to get to that. Just be careful. It's coming. Don't get raging on me. <laughs> Cajun <laughs> raging. So... You might be saying to yourself right this second, what? The Christian car guy struggles with road rage? Well, yeah, I'm afraid so. And my wife and my kids would quickly share with you that, that they see me often raging, right? Not just at other drivers, but a few weeks ago, a seating hostess in a restaurant, lines at stores or amusement parks. Clearly a problem, and it's a heart, it's a spiritual problem, right? As John instructs in 1 John 4, 20, right? If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. So the night before last, I was taking the long drive home from my father's house. I've been caring for him since his fall. And there's this long 20-mile stretch of road where the speed limit is 45. At times, it gets up to 50. And it's a fairly curvy road, so there's no place to pass on the whole stretch. And the driver ahead of me was apparently struggling with all that, and they were driving 30 to 35, and sometimes they would drop down to 25. Well, add to that equation that the driver behind me was tailgating me closer, I think, than anybody I've ever seen. It was like they were going to push me into the other car which I was trying not to tailgate them to give them space to drive. Uh, they were streamlining you to save a little bit on the gas mileage. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> but he's, I mean, he was, he could not have been centimeters off my rear bumper. I mean, he's right there. And the further we went, the matter I got, right? Sandwiched in, trapped by, in my raging spirit, which was raging at this point in time, an idiot in front of me and a maniac behind me. <laughs> And at the light, right before the end of that stretch, right, the maniac jumps the curb. I'm not kidding you. He jumps the curb on the right-hand side to get by both of us, and he almost clips the back of my car, and then as he passes both of us, he screeches his tires and turns right. Well, this freaks out the, the driver ahead of us even more, so now <laughs> he's going 25 because he's just freaked out after this episode with the guy who has been behind me. 
And so, you know, just to make it a little more interesting, the last few miles, right, I'm, I'm going 25. Well, finally, right, the road kind of turns and it goes to two lanes. And this is when I have a chance to express my rage, which is horrible. But I just floor it. And I come up on this guy's bumper about 60 miles an hour and go around him to the left. And... Right. What are you? What are you saying? You, you do know your insurance agent tunes in and <laughs> listens to this show. And sometimes he sits right across the table from me. But I'm just telling it how it is, Bill. Yeah, when I, your you rates know, go up next is, month, I want you to remember this show. <laughs> so a little further down the road, like like the prodigal son, you know, in that that verse where it says he came to his senses. Well. I was sitting at that light, and I was like, oh, my goodness, why in the world is I, am I so furious? I mean, that could have been a 15-year-old that was just learning how to drive, you know, that I just pulled that stunt behind, right? And I could have been, or I could have scared the bejeebies out of some older driver, and I'm just like, oh, my goodness, you know, what's going on? And, of course, that all could have gone to shame, which wouldn't have been good either, but the Holy Spirit just kind of grabbed me and said, Robbie, <laughs> I think we need to check under the hood, <laughs> Pretty obvious. And so tomorrow morning when you're more rested, you know, let's take this all up again. So, Bill, you're really processing. I can see that. Well, I was just thinking of my way. I was thinking really good thoughts about myself until I was thinking the ride over here this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so this week, you know, I, I, it, God always has me on a lesson plan. I bet he always has you on a lesson plan. And, and he, he's trying to get at something. So this week I heard a, a Becoming Good Soil podcast. And they talked about Jesus clearing the temple. And they hadn't, I'd never seen this before, but the verses right after he clears the temple, after he gets the riffraud out of the temple, what happens is now that makes room for the blind and the lame to come in to get healing. Right? It says, Matthew 21, 13 and 14, he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you're making it a house of robbers. And then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. Well, I thought that, that that's really interesting. I had never noticed that before, that there was a reason behind clearing the riffraff out of the temple. Then, not coincidentally, in my opinion, I'm also reading a book called Shattered Dreams by Larry Crabb. And then he says in this book, right, this is a completely different thing. He says that your heart is now the temple that Jesus wants to clear. All the idolatry so he can come in and heal it, right? That, that's got to be more than a coincidence. So I... Ask Jesus to clear out my heart, right? And I'm in the next morning. I'm I'm praying. I'm asking God to come in and help me. And and let's look at the larger story, the kingdom, right? Where is my heart broken here? And where am I giving access to Satan with all this warfare? Because clearly, I got all kinds of voices screaming at me as these people are behind me and these people are in front of me. And so I went to the place where I meet with Jesus in my heart, and, I, and he told me clearly. In fact, he told me so clearly that I wrote it down, and I really think it's a treasure. He says to me, Robbie, it's irrational, but you think that the drivers or the hostesses at the restaurant are slowing you down on purpose, and they are trying to hurt you and make you mad. Inside, now that may not be what's going on in your heart. He's talking to me, and he knows my story. And he says to me, see, I think they might be, I, I, you know, I was thinking that myself, that driver was just set out purposely to get in front of you. And <laughs> so, but as, as Jesus said that to me, I said, yeah, that's exactly it. I couldn't have expressed it that way, but that's exactly what I was feeling. 
But I was feeling that like a, a young child, that they're doing this on purpose to make me mad. So I asked Jesus, okay, where is that coming from? And he reminded me of that young place, how my little brother used to slow me down on purpose to make me mad. And one time I got so mad, I became furious. I start beating on him like you would your little brother. Maybe you didn't, your little brother, but I did. My little brother was a little sister. I treated her pretty good. (laughs) There's some neighbor kids I don't want to talk about. (laughs) But then my older sister, she came and broke it up, and she was screaming at me, you're a maniac. You've got a horrible temper. You're insane. And That that didn't help. That was (laughs) counterproductive. (laughs) Well, actually, what happened was, There was the agreement, right? I bought that lie, Mm -hmm. hook, line, and sinker. I bought that many years ago. Wait a minute. He's, you know, these people are trying to do this to make me mad, and I've got a horrible temper. Mm -hmm. And so it was interesting to me that the Holy Spirit, Jesus, brought Mm -hmm. me back to this where I was a little boy, right? And still there, what happens to me when I'm feeling nine years old all over again? The Holy Spirit guided me right to that broken place, and Jesus came in to heal. So, yes, I needed to forgive my brother and my sister and myself, by the way, and break all those agreements. But, oh, oh, the comfort that came, really, as I'm sitting there in my you know, quiet place yesterday morning, actually, this was, I'm feeling Jesus restore my soul. I mean, I was feeling like, oh, man. So now, as you can imagine, Bill, <laughs> the question is still out there. Will it help the next time? I don't know the answer to that. I, I, I'm, I'm. I don't know. I'm prepared to continue to break the agreements that I've, I fell in line with, that I've got a horrible temper, and I, I'm prepared to break the agreement that they're trying to make me mad and see the whole picture as it is. And, and I can love and pray that I'm going to be courteous any way that I can because, you know, you're supposed to love your brother. But my guess is that all this is where Jesus wants me to find myself where I need him desperately, right? Because without him, I can do nothing. Now, the question is, and Bill said for callers, where in your life has Jesus come to that long, young place and healed your heart? I would love, love, love to hear that story. 866-348-7884. So much more when we come back. Rage in the rearview mirror today on the Christian Car Guy Show. <laughs> Sometimes that road rager is looking you back in the eyes, in my case, anyway. And I told that story at the beginning of the show, kind of how I walked through that this week. I would love to hear your story, how Jesus came for you in a young place like that, where you were acting irrationally, but you didn't know why. And there's some story behind that. And, you know, Isaiah 61, right? He came to heal the brokenhearted and set the captives free. And so when we start acting irrational, like I did, <laughs> it's pretty obvious that I'm captive to something. And Jesus wants to come into that place and heal it so that you can right, be free from that captivity. But, Bill, you, you, you shared, which, first of all, let me say again, our number for you to call in and share your story is 866 348 844-866-34-TRUTH for the digitally gifted. But Bill, you, you shared something during the break that we had talked about years ago. Well, you know, 
I, I do a little bit of jail and prison ministry, and one of the things I almost always bring up is that this really wise older fellow once told me, <laughs> wise older fellow once told me that uh, we quit reading the Lord's Prayer before we're supposed to. And at that time in my life, I was saved, but I was really, really, really angry over a particular situation work-wise. And I sort of kept a record of wrongs, and I kept a journal, and, you know, it wasn't an end of, But in any event, I, I was mad. I was mad more than I wasn't. And this person said, um, you understand, we quit reading the Lord's Prayer before we're supposed to. I said, what are you talking about? He said, it's a letter written to somebody. Nobody stops reading a letter right in the middle of. And I said, well, what's your point? He says, well, right after the Lord's Prayer, it says, for if you, which means because. I ran out of gas for I forgot to fill my tank. It says, for if you forgive others when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will not forgive you. you know, what type of sin does God forgive? God forgives repentance sin. Jesus said he came to preach uh, repentance and forgiveness of sins. I said, you know, point being, it doesn't say if you forgive people when they accidentally, unintentionally hurt your feelings. It says if you forgive people when they purposely set out to maliciously do you harm so are and, you telling me that that hostess who was trying to make me mad? <laughs> well, it, whether she was or wasn't, for your own good, Jesus gave you the Lord's Prayer to tell you, you, you can't forgive yourself if you don't know how to forgive others. The way we learn to forgive ourselves better is through learning how to forgive other people better. Well, this is really good stuff, Bill. So what you're saying you know, I'm kind of reading between the lines. Is well, you always correct me and make me sound a whole lot smarter <laughs> than I am, which is one of the reasons I like coming on the show. Is that when I'm there and the guy behind me is really trying to push me into the person in front of me, I need to begin forgiving him on the spot. Well, if you don't need a new bumper, if you need a new bumper, you slam on the brakes and he'll buy you one. But other than that, you're better off praying for him and say, Lord, I don't know what's going on in this poor fool's life. Something, <laughs> something has really got his foot on the gas, and I hope that whatever the problem is that he's dealing with gets solved without me being involved in an accident. That's really, that's really helpful, Bill. That really is helpful. We got Gail is in Richmond, Virginia. She has a story for us. I'm very excited about this. Gail, I'm so grateful you called in. Tell, tell us what's going on. Well, I myself used to be a speed diva driver, and it was nothing unusual for me to do 80, 90 miles an hour. And, of course, even people would irritate me even when I did that kind of speed, which is understandable because I was the bad one. Anyway, I had heard on the Christian radio station about praying for those people to, who irritate you, and that includes the people on the road. And I started praying for those people that irritated me on the road, even though I was doing the really bad thing. And I noticed as I started to pray for them, God started to change me. He changed me so much that I started putting on my cruise control, and I let all those people go right on by me. If they got my way, or even though I'm over in the slow lane, if they got my way or irritated me, I just prayed for them. And I realized the more I prayed for them, God changed me and made me start doing the speed limit. And there you go. I, I ride down the road in peace and harmony. And it doesn't bother me no more. Still waters, right? 
you know, I, I, I was thinking about that, Gail, and I, I love what you're saying. And, and actually, I did a show years ago where I asked people to call in and because I was really perplexed. I'm still perplexed to some extent, as you can tell. But um, and, and all these people called in with different ideas like Bill. But my mother, you know, who at the time lived in Illinois, she called in and she told that just what you just said. My mother <laughs> says, Robbie, you pray for that person. And, yep. you know, that that's wisdom right there, Gail. I really, I, you know, because the object of prayer is that we get to go back into that. Um, relationship with God who then <laughs> gives us the power to forgive and other things but that's a beautiful story what power is there Gail thank you thank you you have a blessed day you too God bless now I'm oh, not sure you. I am thank you you're not sure I'm not sure exactly where in the Bible it is but the other principle is leave earlier <laughs> just leave earlier most of your problems come because you leave late and you're trying to figure out if I go a few miles faster I'll actually get there well you sooner. know that was the part that really drove me crazy the other night because I was in no hurry whatsoever I was done with my dad I wasn't late in any way shape or form I had nowhere I had to be my wife was busy doing something so she wasn't waiting on me and I, w- and I was like, what in the world is, am I so disturbed about? Because I don't, you know, but I agree. Leave earlier. I, I have a whole minute I do on that subject. You know, I'm well, pretty good at I preaching understand. this stuff. It's living it. That, <laughs> that it, If you're actually driving the speed limit, there's somebody in my life that I think every month tells me I'm supposed to drive the speed limit. It's hard to have too much road rage when you do that. There you go. There you go. Now, you, you know, during the first break, you were talking about, how this goes back to your childhood and i hope you'll get into that after the after this break we're going to do that i've got a story from the jesus labor love but most important i want to hear your story 866-348-7884 as as bill will point out in our team driving that we're all in this together 866-348-7884 driving my car i want to go fast but there's this slow car won't let me pass i flash my lights i honk my horn i have to consider him warned i pull up behind him pull out my pistol and blow him away well, Jesse James, well road rage in the mirror today on the christian car guy show hopefully nobody's taking any of that seriously but you know sometimes we do have to look in the mirror and say wow where do i struggle and what's inside of that am i captive to something or is it you know a moment by moment thing where i need jesus for sure we are hearing your stories 866-348-7884 866-34-TRUTH we would love to hear your take on what we're talking about today but i also wanted to mention we've got the david jeremiah overcoming tour coming in this area here in Raleigh. It's going to be on Thursday. And those of you listening in Greenville, I believe it's on Tuesday. So you can go to davidjeremiah.org and find out all about that. But we got John is in Iowa. I'm very excited to hear what John has for us. John, you're on the Christian Car Guy Show. Good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you today? I'm excited to hear your story. (laughs) I am. Well, as you realize, we've have two interstates going through our state, Interstate 35 North and South and 80 East and West. 
I get very perturbed when I go down 80 East and I have two truck drivers side by side not letting anybody go by for at least two miles. They think it's funny. So what I do is when I see other people passing me and I'm going at the speed limit, which is 70 miles an hour in cruise control, I go into the passing lane at cruise control, 70 mile an hour, forcing everybody to adhere to the speed law here in the state, which they hate because they want to go 85 and 90 mile an hour. So everybody has to pass me on the, on the uh, slow lane. And I think that's funny that I have, at least in my control area, has slowed people down somewhat. I'll take your comment off the air, and you have a good day now. You too, John. God bless you. I call that a floating roadblock when the two trucks do that. <laughs> I've experienced it. And it, and, it, and, it, and it previously, I'm hoping I'm getting better, it previously would definitely rile me up. Well, sometimes they do that because they know there's a road hazard up ahead and they want to purposely slow the traffic down to really? solve problems. See? You just don't know what you don't know. Thanks, John. God bless. I appreciate you calling in very much. Thank you much. We would love to hear your story, by the way, at 866-348-7884. Well, as an insurance agent, Bill, <laughs> let's talk about the whole idea. This, this really brings up your subject, the idea of team driving, which, by the way, Dr. Driving, years ago, I had him call in from Hawaii, and he shared the idea that you know many men – feel like, or even women, feel like this is a competition. Like, I need to get ahead of everybody. I, this is a race, and I'm losing if you pass me. And so it, it leads to this competition. And so if we begin to think of it as a team sport where we're, you know, that person that just cut you off missed his block, you know, like, you, you know, you're playing on a football team. Or, you know, that, that person didn't run his route properly when they ran the red light, <laughs> whatever the situation may be. That was Dr. Driving's strategy and i and i know there's strategies of course inside my story there, there's some cap captivity that needed to be broken out of but share with us some of the ideas you had on team driving well you know i'll i'll text robbie and i'll say what's our topic gonna be and he gets a really great kick out of just giving me so little information i have no idea what the topic's gonna be till i get here so when he texted me and told me that the topic was team driving i texted back a picture of Two steering wheels on both sides. Which of was it. very cool. Though. Yeah. So, yeah, my, my concept was a little bit different. I was thinking that, you know, if you've got a car and you take it serious, and we should be serious drivers, that we need a team. We need a really good mechanic to be able to call up and deal. You know, there are times when you just call up and say, is this noise or is this problem something I need to come right away or can I wait? Because, you know, sometimes you take it in, and if it's not doing that an annoying thing, they say, we're sorry, we're going to keep your car for two days and then give it back to you and laugh because they can't fix it if the problem's not there. It's good to have a mechanic on your team that you can call and talk to. I agree. It's good to have um, the right, you know, gas can be important. I've always been told you shouldn't buy gas while they're filling the tanks. That, that makes all the sediment get up and... You know, it, it's good to know that the gas you're getting is dependable. Um, it's good to have an insurance agent to be able to talk to. 
that you need a team around you when it comes to your car, especially if you've got teenagers. It's good for them to know who's your team player if you've got to be towed and how do we take care of that. And then I was thinking that, you know, every once in a while I'm lucky enough to go to the Bahamas and those crazy people drive on the wrong side of the road. And no matter how many times you tell them, all you folks are driving on the wrong side of the road. They, <laughs> they keep think doing you're it. driving on the wrong side so of the road. Yeah. I can navigate or I can drive, but I can't do both when I just go over there for a week. But, you know, there are lots of times when I drive around town especially in a big city I'm not used to. It's really good to have a team member in the car with you and that, you know, I'll say to my wife, now, do you want to drive or do you want to tell me where to make turns? Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of times it's, you should have turned back there. <laughs> but <laughs> you it's, know, still a, it's a team thing. It's well, still let's, a let's team take thing. John, for example. Now, here's a team player. He's gone a little bit rogue on us. I'm not sure he's a team player. <laughs> he, he is. He is. Now, like now, 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 now. See, here's the beauty of this story. As I think about John, is I love something that poses a poser, right? Because we don't know what's in his heart, right? And 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 clearly, one thing that's in his heart is he wants people to be safe, and he wants them to, to, you know, and and so he has it in his control to get in the left lane and try to attempt to do that, and that could be a really good motivation. Of course, unfortunately, it's causing a really, you know, it's irrational also against the rules. I don't know that you could say this technically against the rule to well, drive the speed limit in the left true. lane. That's true. So right. I agree. it's really a, a fascinating thing because we do not know his motivation, what's in that. Now, if there's something in there that wants to be mean or ugly, and I'm not saying there is, then we got some we got some yes. work to do with Jesus. No but if the idea is, the window. wow, somebody's daughter could be, you know, and I'm thinking about my own <laughs> Is is going too fast, and I'm going to help them save a life by now. But you know, I, I would like to see his back bumper. It would be fun <laughs> to look at his back bumper. So maybe you're sitting there thinking, I have the answer for John. Well, or you, you're thinking, I, I, I have, I have a comment for me, along this. Just side. me, eight, six, and my six. children. I would love to have more information. You know, John took it off the air and really just set it out there for us to puzzle. 866-348-7884. And I have learned in team efforts, it's best to share your puzzle, right? Yes. Go ahead and throw it out there to the Christian Car Guy audience to say who who would like to speak to this one? 866-348-7884. Speaking of teams, go ahead. Yeah, In my life, I found it far better if you're around crazy people, you should leave. Yeah, Crazy people cause all kinds of problems. And if you're in a hit and run... It's going to act like a collision claim on your insurance. You can say, boy, this crazy person was acting really wild, and but I don't know where they went. Well, you, you know, you're better off not getting in that problem because it's going to come back and bite you. There you go. But speaking of teams, yes. we, we have a team called the Jesus Labor Love. If you're a first-time listener to the Christian Car Guy Show, we help out <clears throat> single moms, widows, and families in crisis. And – you know, sometimes things can exceed what we appear to be able to help people with. So I told this lady, as she called, I was kind of overwhelmed this week because she needs a transmission in her car. And I'm really, we don't have the means right now to help her, but I thought I could tell her story and offer people the opportunity to give to this if they would feel so led and certainly to pray for her. But here's her story. She is from Raleigh and she says, I'm a single mother of Raleigh, North Carolina. 
I'm a single mother of five children. Our only means of transportation is to get back and forth to work and the school and the shop. The transmission and the torque converter went bad. Now I'm on work leave because I can't get back and forth the 20 minutes to work. No buses go out that far. This is a major barrier and stress on me. I'm the only means of financial support for my kids. And as a transmission is more than I can pay for right now, I'm a single mom. So, you know, it's one of those things. And, and this clearly it's just a team thing. It's like, God, I, I don't know what to do with this because I don't have a used transmission right now. God may provide that for me. I'm going to keep asking for, I don't have the, the funds it would take to, you know, within the guidelines of our program in order to meet that need. So the only thing I know to do is just kind of pray for it, throw it out there. And, and ask others to pray for it. There you go. And it is there at the Jesus, at ChristianCarGuy.com, as well as Road Rage in the Rearview Mirror and many other things. Go to ChristianCarGuy.com and you can see the urgent prayer request there if you want to pray for that specifically or donate. That would be wonderful. And just put transmission need on that. When we come back, I promised, Bill, I'll talk more about my childhood and more about the bondage and more about the healing. Bondage. My bondage. Road Rage in the rearview mirror today on the Christian Car Guy Show. Talking about my own struggles. And <laughs> it's a sad thing, Bill, when your own family, you know, they're they're there to, to keep you from thinking that you've if you've arrived in any I way. Shape. They were there to laugh at you when you made mistakes. That too. Okay. So if I go back a few weeks, I was with my daughter in Birmingham, Alabama, and we went into this restaurant. I have to tell the the hostess story, right? And there are like 40 tables that are open, and you can clearly see all these tables open. And they're not seating anybody, and all these people are in the waiting room, and we had actually done call-to-head seating, and it should have been just a no-brainer. And yet they're still not seating anybody. And and one of the waiters comes up to the hostess and says, why aren't you seating anybody? I can take these tables and that. And and, and they're still acting in confusion and and. You know, after about 45 minutes, I'm getting, it's it's coming on, Bill. <laughs> you didn't wave a $20 bill at her, did you? <laughs> and, you know, I feel the pain of my childhood. I feel like a nine-year-old as I am literally losing control. And I realize, like, this is not appropriate how I feel, but I can just, it's just burning and screaming. And all of a sudden, I stand up to my daughter's horror <laughs> and say, young lady, why don't you sit some people? That waiter said that he could wait on people. There's all these open tables. I have no understanding why you're not seating people because we're here to eat dinner. And if you don't seat people, we're going to leave. <laughs> and I said it probably in about that tone of voice. <laughs> and my daughter was like, Daddy, that is so embarrassing. Can't you get, you know, and I realized that I'm out of control. I realized that all that stuff is going on. And your as, blood sugar was low. My blood sugar. It was. It was. It was like whoa. And I realized that God was has been sticking His finger in this sore space of mine here for the last few weeks to try to get me to go deeper and get Jesus in there to what's really going on. As we talked about in the first segment, 
that in my childhood, like anybody, I had siblings and my brother, who I love dearly, and we have a wonderful relationship to this day, but he would, we called it getting your goat back then. And he would find ways to just slow me down and push me away and until I would finally get mad enough. And he, you know, he got his, his wish, which was I would get furious. Well, the story that Jesus brought to mind that I didn't bring up in the first segment was one time I was painting in the back hall of the house, which I really thought I should have had some help by my little brother, but I wasn't being helped. I was just the one painting. And my little brother came flying through the back door unknowingly, but of course I didn't think that. I was behind the door, and so he slams me up against the wall. The paint goes everywhere, and then he makes the classic mistake of sticking his head through the door and looking at me and laughing. (laughs) As I've got paint dripping down me, you you see the picture. But what he did not realize is that my legs were up against the door. And as he was laughing, I decided it would be really fun to close the door on his head. Well, that did not go well. And... You know, my father, he, he went up screaming. My father came down, and that really, really got ugly. I mean, real ugly. It was a, a beating I, I don't ever want to forget because there's a lot of stuff in there that God brings me back to that nine-year-old kid again where somebody's trying to make you mad, and that hurt. The reason why I don't want to leave that is I want to make sure that I get the forgiveness done for everybody involved, I want to make sure that Jesus comes in and helps me break those agreements that I've got to temper, that I've got to get even. You know, all these things are in there and opportunities to bring the healing. And so I wonder in your own life, you know, if, if, if there comes a time, and it, and it may have nothing to do with it, maybe something else where you feel like, oh, my goodness, I have no control. You know, I'm in bondage, and that's exactly what Jesus said. I came to right? Heal the brokenhearted and set the captives free. And what does that mean exactly in your life? How does that actually play out where you've allowed him to come into a situation where you know that you struggle and allow to get that healing? It just, it takes time and it takes, in my opinion, devotion to say, okay, I am, I am Jesus. I want to go here with you. You guide me. Where are we going? Holy Spirit, where would you like me to go? Or you know, there's wonderful Christian counselors out there who will take you exactly there, Bill. Yeah, you can't, in my opinion, you can't love anybody any more than you love yourself. You can't teach someone to read if you don't know your letters. You, God wants to be loved a lot, and you've got to be able to love yourself more, to be able to love others more, to be able to love God more. Well, I think the path to that is learning how to forgive yourself more, but you can't just do that. You can work and become better at forgiving others. And through the process of forgiving others, then you internalize and you become better at forgiving yourself. And all those things sort of swirl together and get deeper and deeper. The better you are at forgiving yourself, the better you are at understanding we've got a God that forgives us. That is awesome. Yeah. And, and I would just recommend that, wow, if you get to that place where you feel really young, you know, like I'm out of control, but I feel like I'm nine years old again, or I feel like I'm five years old or I'm four years old. Wow. There's probably something in there, in that wound that you're kind of stuck there. And, and God would like to put you back together with the rest of yourself. And you can actually be mad at younger you 
that, that mm-hmm. he always embarrasses me when he shows up. <laughs> and, 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 and part of forgiving yourself is forgiving the younger places in yourself. And, and that's part of, of what I believe Jesus's ministry is to that. Well, there's a, a neat philosophy, a theory called the Bowen family systems theory, that if you're really struggling with this, in addition to your Bible, Google Bowen, B-O-W-E-N, family system theory, and it goes into great depth on how this works and um, how how you can help dig yourself out of that hole. Yeah, and there are some wonderful, wonderful resources at RansomHeart.com. Ransom Heart has an actual video you can watch if you're a, a member of the tribe that that John Eldridge, who wrote the book Wild at Heart, will literally take you through a counseling session yourself and 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 try to integrate you back into you know the wounds that you suffered through those kind of things. So that, that, there's help out there all over the place, but first you got to look in the rearview mirror. <laughs> well, say. journaling and praying to God about the problem, articulating the problem to yourself is one step that a lot of people miss. You just are angry and you don't take the time to figure out what you're angry at or why. And, and the interesting thing for me is I'm, I can only hardly wait till the next opportunity comes my way <laughs> to see if I can quickly forgive and quickly go back to that place and say, hey, they're not doing this on purpose. They re- I bet that hostess wasn't really trying to hurt me. But boy, you know, when I go well, back to she that She really situation. didn't know you, so maybe you're right. <laughs> so that's kind of a feeling. Again, we would urge you to go to christiancarguy.com to find the resources we have there, as well as links to everything we've talked about today. But the Jesus Labor Love, car repair labor for single moms, widows, families in crisis, uh, you may know somebody that, that has a problem with their car or a single fa- or a veteran. I had um, an opportunity to work with the Veterans Administration this week to help somebody out there. That <clears throat> It's interesting to me the, the different um, government agencies now that are aware of our ministry and they'll contact me that they have somebody here or there. And so, you know, that's one of the resources in your tool belt to say, wow, I know somebody that could possibly help. And the people that donate to the Jesus Labor Love and the people that pray in the car repair facilities, it's all there at christiancarguy.com. Of course, podcasts of previous shows. This one, if you wanted to hear the earlier story of, of my road rage and all that I've, I've been dealing with there, um, you can go to christiancarguy.com and listen to the podcast to any of the previous shows, even the one with Dr. Driving. But anyway, we... So much appreciate you taking the time to listen to the show today. We ask that you remember, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went and got it all done in 33 years. Even me. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Christian Car Guy Show. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Fathers, do you affirm and encourage your children each day? Hi, I'm Karen Mulder with today's Caring Wisdom. Many years ago, I had a friend who was a very talented artist, but he was so angry inside that he made himself and his friends uncomfortable. Why was he so angry? I believe part of that anger stemmed from the fact that his parents never affirmed him or his artistic gift. As an adult, when he would show them his portfolio, they would just sort of flip through the pages like one does when quickly flipping through a book to see if there's anything of interest. And basically, without comment, 
they would throw the book down on a nearby table. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will be discouraged. Colossians 3, 21. God bless. Visit Karen's website, wisdomofthewounded.com, for additional resources on how to care well.